SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Manukora Honey. Merriam-Webster defines honey as a sweet, viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees. And that's all good and fine, but old Miriam and Webster (laughs) used some words that I don't know and didn't really hit the mark when it comes to talking about Manukora honey. First off, Manukora isn't just sweet and viscid. It's got a rich, complex taste and a creamy, melt-in-your-mouth texture that you won't find in your average, everyday grocery store honey. And nectar of flowers doesn't cut it when you're talking about the nectar of the Manuka tea tree in New Zealand. The only nectar these bees feed on in the production of Manukora honey. In conclusion, Manukora ain't just your average boring dictionary defined honey. It's special honey. I know this firsthand. Uh, they sent us a jar, a squeeze bottle, and some honey sticks. And we've been sharing them around the office of their MGO 850 Plus, their best selling honey. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not <laughs> what you're thinking of when you think of honey. Look, have you ever think to yourself, if like, a company made grapes for the first time, we'd go nuts. It's, I feel like honey is this way, where I'm like, if anybody like made this up, we'd be going out of our minds. But this is like if honey happened again. Did you like the honey, Sari? So I moved into a new place where there's no insulation in the walls. And so uh, I've been drinking a lot of tea. And mm-hmm. sometimes that tea needs a little bit of honey. And I initially poured in this honey thinking it was going to be grocery store honey. And then I was like, that's different. And now it's a little uh, breakfast treat. It's a great breakfast treat because it's 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 a little like it's for toast. I could put like this on my butter toast and I'm like, oh, I'm having an experience. So Merriam-Webster also defines ultimate as the best or most extreme of its kind. Now that one fits Manukora to a T. Indulge in the best or most extreme sweet viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees from Manukora. If you head to manukora.com slash tangents, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with the MG850 Plus Manuka Honey, a free travel pack of honey sticks, a free wooden spoon, and also a free guidebook. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash tangents to get $25 off your starter kit. Hello and welcome to SciShow Tangents. It's the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen. This week, as always, I'm joined by Stefan Chin. Hey, whoa. Hi. Hi. Stefan, what's your tagline? Taco meat in the morning. Oh, Mm. that's the best. We're also joined by Sam Schultz. Hello. Sam, what's your tagline? My other car is a car. Nice. You have two cars? No. That would be the bumper sticker I had, though, you know, if I had two cars. Sari Riley is also here. Hello. You pulled yourself together and you got an outfit today. Whoa. I love it. You look great. Thank you. (laughs) As opposed to usually when I wear a garbage bag on this couch. (laughs) I found these weird pants. And they're really comfy, and so I'm trying to figure out how to wear them. They have straps built they're, into the pants. They're weird pants with shoulder straps. Yeah. I should do more suspenders. You should bring it back. 
You have some cultural cachet or whatever. Ryan, I'll trade it in for suspender. (laughs) (laughs) All the social capital I have built. (laughs) Your book will plummet off the New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) People will be like, Hank Green, he's the suspenders guy, (laughs) right? (laughs) Sorry, what's your tagline? Loud Jello. And I'm Hank Green. My tagline is, I'm bringing suspenders back. Every week here on SciShow Tangents, we get together to try to one-up a maze and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but judging by previous conversations, we might not be great at that. So if the rest of the team deems a tangent unworthy, we will force you to give up one of your Hank bucks. So tangent with care. Now, as always, we introduce this week's topic with the traditional science poem, this week from Sari. Who needs to study for that biology test if my mitochondria hide that I'm broken inside? Sadness is woven into my DNA, into cell membranes, into every peptide. They say fake it till you make it, but I don't know what real is. No one wants an empty shell. They want a beauty or math whiz. Can't wait to leave this town and shed my past like a snake skin. Start fresh with a new me. That's when life will really begin. Oh. Whoa, angsty teen poem. <laughs> Our topic this week is teens. Did you draw on your personal experiences for that? I think I did write angsty teen poetry, but I really liked science. So I don't mm, think yeah. I would have... Been mean about science. Been mean about it. Yeah, I wouldn't have bashed studying for biology because that's what I did instead of having friends. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to find my old teen poetry, but it all got thrown out when my parents sold their house. So it's probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I kept a lot of old high school stuff and sometimes I read it and I think. Well, at least I know that I'm changing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll find sketchbooks from high school, Mm. like in my parents' house, and discreetly throw them in the garbage. Oh, no. We should have a sketchbook day where we all bring in our stupid bad sketchbooks from high school. I do have those. I have those, too. It all has to be. There (laughs) isn't a way that yours are more embarrassing than mine. (laughs) They're just embarrassing to me. So yeah. they must die. Stephanie, you have any sketchbooks? I d- never drew. What kind of teen were you? Were you exactly like you are now? I guess so. Quiet, awkward. <laughs> uh, I, and I played football. And listened oh. to Limp Bizkit. You and played football? Lim- yeah. Well, Sweet. I sat on the bench and I liked weightlifting, but I mm. didn't could not deal with the performance anxiety of like playing in an yeah. actual game. So, Sari, what's a teen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is one of the few ones that in human terms, at least, there is a mathematical definition. Yeah. 13 and 19. <laughs> <laughs> Ends with the word teen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about numbers, there is defining lines but when we're talking about reality of course like adolescence is Mm -hmm. a time that can stretch and wiggle around and be different for different people and definitely different species which go through their teenage years metaphorically at all kinds of different ages but things that happen during adolescence we should maybe talk about like when you're a teen Uh Mm -hmm. hormones change in many species like adolescence is seen as when they become sexually mature Mm -hmm. can reproduce there's usually developmental changes in the brain too so like behavior changes in addition to like body composition changes and the the word teenage we started using apparently around the 1940s, which oh, I thought was oh. funny. And it was hyphenated at first, where yeah. people would oh, say okay. like teen aged mm-hmm, people right. doing things. And so it was there's like a whole feature in Life magazine about these teenaged people. What the heck? Uh, was that late? Teenage yeah. girls. Huh. Huh. Some people were like going to like drive throughs and sock hops and stuff. A little later than that. After but that, yeah. The beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like a expression of progress yeah. to like say like it's okay to like 
extend childhood into this era of someone's life. Like right. you're not just an adult now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Better get yeah. married. Exactly. Interesting. So we're all defined up, which means it's time for Stefan has prepared three science facts for our education and enjoyment, but only one of them is real. The other three panelists have to figure out by deduction or wild guess which is the true fact. If we do, we get a Hank Buck. If we don't, Stefan gets our Hank Buck. Stefan, tell us your facts. In a village in the Dominican Republic, about one in every 90 children born have a genetic mutation that causes one of these three things to happen when they reach puberty. Mm. Mm. My voice broke a little when I said puberty. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to have to stay. I'm going to keep in it. Uh, Is what happens that, number one, they suddenly develop schizophrenia, and doctors think it's because of the flood of testosterone. Number two, changes in thyroid function and an overproduction of the thyroid hormone leads to hypermetabolism and the need to consume four to 5,000 calories a day to maintain their weight. Okay. Or number three, the increase of testosterone in puberty leads to the growth of a penis. For people who don't have one yet? Correct. This is not, by the way, the last time the word penis will happen in today's episode (laughs) of Sideshow Tangents. (laughs) So, one of these facts is true. In a village in the Dominican Republic, one in 90 children have one of these things happen when they reach puberty. They develop schizophrenia, possibly because of an increase in testosterone. Two... Uh, Their thyroid hormone overproduction causes hypermetabolism and they have to eat a lot of food. Or three, increase in testosterone can cause the growth of a penis. Oh, man. I don't know at all. Uh, Do you not? Do you not know? I don't think so. Do you? I have a guess. Okay. Mm. I think it's schizophrenia. Because oftentimes it has onset at puberty. Uh, it's a fairly common disorder. Okay. It's a big deal. So it's something that people would probably want to look at and study mm-hmm. if it did happen because we're really curious about what causes schizophrenia because uh, it's a, you know, a seriously serious disability to, to live with. Hypermetabolism. It could totally be that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen anyway to everyone? hypermetabolism in your teenage years? It seems like it, but I don't know if that's the case. You just eat a lot because you're growing, I feel like. Yeah. You're getting all your new muscles. That's different. It's different than hypermetabolism. Growing is not, like, synonymous with that somehow. I don't think so, no. Okay. But I can't Google it because I don't want to find out the fact. That would be bad, yeah. Yeah. I did eat a lot of, like, hot dogs and stuff when I was a teenager. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. Oh, those were I drank like a six pack a day of like sugary soda. Yeah, just good times. Oh my gosh, yeah, I had constant Mountain Dew brain. I would die so quickly if I. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I think I'm gonna go with the hyperthyroid eating thing. I'm also gonna go with the thyroid eating thing, just because it sounds like not too much of an exaggeration, like a little bit of something. The, like the metabolism doesn't just burn food. It like creates energy. So mm-hmm. like what is, what? where is the ultimate destination for the energy? Mm. Do you just get really hot? Do you move around a lot? Are you just like super hyperactive? I feel like so, that's how they would know Yeah. in these one in 90 people because the kids or the <laughs> teens are starting to act weird yeah. and hot. <laughs> the yeah. teens are acting weird. They're sweaty and the, sprinting around. Yeah. <laughs> so for that reason, I'm going to go with develop schizophrenia. The correct answer was uh, grow a penis. No! Weirdly, the hypermetabolism thing was the least based on any fact. (laughs) Hypermetabolism is a thing, and it can be caused by, like, a symptom of having an overactive thyroid, but I did not find anything about that happening when people hit puberty. So the true thing, there's a specific village in the Dominican Republic where 
it seems like the rate of this happening is the highest, but it does okay. occur elsewhere. And so it's one in 90 children. And so they think there's some kind of founder effect thing happening where one of the founders of the village had a mutation mm -hmm. um, that got spread throughout the population. And that mutation causes a 5-alpha reductase enzyme deficiency. And so in these children during fetal development, they do have testosterone present and they develop testicles and all the other anatomy that you would normally get from like XY chromosome pair. But there's a bit of tissue that would normally become either a penis or a vagina, depending on whether that enzyme is present. So the enzyme converts testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, DHT, which is more intense version, I guess, and causes that bit of tissue to turn into a penis. And so they're born with what appears to be a vagina, or it's just kind of ambiguous. It seems like there's a lot of different options that can happen. But they're assigned female and raised as girls. And then when they hit puberty, the increase of testosterone at that point seems to be enough to trigger the growth Wait, of that tissue wow. into a penis. And then the testicles descend. And most of them end up living out the rest of their lives as men in that society. I've never heard of founders of founders. Yeah, what, what would your founder effect be like if you went and like founded a village and like all of your oh, all God. like it was everybody in that village descended oh, from you? It would be a bad. It would be a good yeah. village. No, what? it would be a bad village. <laughs> oh, Sam's would just be you know like know. just artists with ennui. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> really low level like social anxiety mm -hmm. late bloomer i'm a late bloomer <laughs> yeah so nothing oh, that'd like, be great we wouldn't get i bet they, i done. bet there'd be so much good D. &D yeah though. oh yeah <sighs> we would get bored of it fast and we would start a lot of groups <laughs> and then it would dissolve <laughs> but there'd always be a new group to join that's true yeah i'd feel bad for all of them <laughs> i feel bad for my descendants <laughs> yeah what a how what a very 2019 feel uh -huh. <laughs> how about yours Oh, yours would be great. They'd all be so? starting internet companies. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Bunch of entrepreneurs. Yeah, Whoa. they'd have the poops. So. <laughs> You'd have to have a really beefy sewage system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, plenty of joy at the world, but low-level chronic pain. Too much tweeting also. <laughs> <laughs> Too much tweeting about economic systems. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mine's also not fun. They wouldn't have any allergies. They'd be physically very robust. Probably. Yeah. What? That's, that's good. Great. That's I mean, one. I don't know if fun is the right way, but that's a good thing. Oh, they'd be so sad, be though. so tough. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be sad all the time. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, well. I'll be lifting weights or Lifting something. weights. You'd be yeah. really good at football, but you'd all be too scared to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. We have a football team, but no games. <laughs> I feel like... The trainings would be great. So is there any reality to the schizophrenia one? Yeah, that was based on this case of a teen... So it's a different teen thing. Or uh, this one teen got cat scratch disease, mm. which is caused by a bacterium that can be transferred through cat bites and scratches. Mm -hmm. But it usually doesn't cause any symptoms of mental illness. But in this case, he seemed to have developed like rapid onset schizophrenia mm. and was receiving medication for that, which helped a little bit. Like some of the symptoms cleared up, but he was still experiencing like psychosis and that kept getting worse. Um, but he had like red stripes on his skin and they, they think it maybe they just thought they were like stretch marks or something. But one physician eventually like put all these pieces together and was like, maybe it's like an extreme version of this cat scratch thing. And that's what it turned out to be. So Whoa. once he got treated for that, it was fine. So he didn't have schizophrenia. Right. 
I don't want to think about more cat diseases. I'm spending time around cats for the first time in my life. I don't think I had toxoplasmosis. Now I maybe do. <laughs> yeah, it's Do fine. you love the cats a lot now? I do like them more. You have it then. I'm sorry. Well, you got well, every point. Stefan uh, yeah, got every point. It. Next, it's time for a short break. And then uh, the fact off. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had, you think you could name them all? And before you just start naming streaming apps, remember that basically everything has a subscription these days. Video games, dating apps, food delivery apps. It's a subscription service world. We're just living in it. And with all of these subscriptions, it can feel like money is just flying out of your account. And that, frankly, sucks. But Rocket Money can help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money can help you negotiate to lower some bills for you by up to 20%. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in total canceled subscriptions. Escape from the planet of the subscription services and stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. Welcome back, everybody. Hank Buck totals Sarah, you got one for your angsty teen science oh, poem. <laughs> Stefan has got three. Woo! So we cannot catch With you. With rolled R, even. Three. This is how I'm doing it now. <laughs> all R's are rolled. And suspenders. Like suspenders all. and rolling your R's. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I'm spending my social capital yeah. on. Now it's time for the fact off, where Sam and I have brought a science fact to present to the others in an attempt to blow their minds. The presentees each have a Hank Buck to award the fact that they like the most. But if both facts are a giant snooze, the presentees can choose not to award their Hank Buck and throw it in the trash. And because today is a special day. Why? So Caitlin is our producer. She's in the studio all the time with us, most of the time. And so I, I'm, we're giving Caitlin a chance to vote on Ooh. her favorite fact as a tiebreaker. She's trying to get more points? Or as a what way for hell? someone to beat <laughs> Stefan. Or at least tie. I just want, I feel like Caitlin should be involved. Kay- I'm okay with Caitlin getting a vote, but maybe when I'm on the fact off. All right, well, <laughs> from have, now on. I think we need to have like production meetings about these sorts of things. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. I will not have more meetings in my life. What is the title of producer mean even <laughs> if anyone well, can just sit down on the couch yeah, and, say, and say whatever yeah there's a new wild rule. stuff they want i've got another one sam yeah that's kind of how it works i formulated this perfect game and now look at it i just there's no way to catch stefan so we you've swept before no nah, it's un- unacceptable all right victory. all right all right and the person who's going to go first is the person who was most recently... You don't say it. ...in their teens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right when I sat down, I knew today that was going to be the thing. Because <laughs> you just get everything you want, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the most pervasive stereotypes about teens is that their actions are dictated by peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool teens set the trends. 
And then all the other nine cool teens try to keep up with them. Yeah, and rolling their R's and putting on suspenders. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Then there's all the badasses who go against the flow and they hate all the cool people and all the sheeple trying to be like them. That's right. And that's basic teen like. Whatever. Teen 101. That's how teens work. <laughs> well, in 2010, a team of researchers put that stereotype to the test with science. So researchers hooked a bunch of teens between 12 and 17 up to brain scanning devices and played them clips of popular music at the time, which was music that had a lot of listens on MySpace because it was 2010. <laughs> then they asked the kids to rate the music from one to five, how much they liked it. Mm-hmm. One, you know. So then they played the clips again, but they at the same time showed the kids stats relating to how popular the song was. Mm-hmm. So it was like downloads, position on charts, what other people their age would have maybe said about it. And they asked them to write the song again, and 22% of the teens changed their scores. Mm. And of those 22%, 79% changed them for the better, 21% changed them for the worse. Mm. So then they looked at the brain scans, and when the kids liked the song without context of how popular it was, the pleasure centers of their brains lit up. But when they had given a bad rating to a song that other people their age liked, and then saw that the ratings were generally better, mm-hmm. the um, anxiety and pain centers of their brains oh, lit up. Wow. So I assume the same is true for kids who liked the song less after they found out it was popular. Uh, and basically what they got out of this was that they didn't actually like the song any better when they found out that it was more popular. They just had like the shame of knowing that they didn't like something that other people their age um, had liked. So it was causing them pain instead of causing them to actually like anything better. Oh, man. Huh. And that's how it is to be a teen. You just want to conform. Yeah, and it's it's all it's all like, you're all self shaming. Not a yourself. good feeling. Like yeah. none of it's good. It's uh-huh. all like pain centers. Of the brain. <laughs> yeah, it's like physically painful to, to dislike something that the rest of your or to like something that kids that you think yeah. are scum like. <laughs> yeah, which is how I definitely was. <laughs> yeah, that's me hating Dave Matthews. So that's my fact. That's good. I like that. Life fact. is pain for a teen. <laughs> for teens, for teens. Yeah, and how how can we free ourselves from that and just love things? Yeah, I don't did know. they have any yeah. conclusions on the study of like oh, what to do? Yeah, I think the only thing you can do is turn like thirty and yeah. just be like, I can't do These it anymore. These are important formative experiences. Mm-hmm. Right? Your turn. So tell us about those penises. My turn. <laughs> well, here's my penis fact. This is part of the fact. So puberty. It's bad. Remember? Well, Do you remember? Anybody remember? I mean, it's got its uses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got it's intense. It's sticky. It's very confusing. Uh, but elephant teens have it even worse, and also for their whole lives, because male elephants have a different thing from puberty. It's called must. M U S T H. That sounds very that sounds dusty. Yeah. It also starts in their teens, uh, but it comes and goes throughout their life. So it's sort of like being in heat, but mm. for men, for like bulls. And it's controlled not just by their age, but by their social environment, which I think is very cool. Oh. So here's the situation instead of hairy armpits and pimples, elephants. Uh, they have their temporal glands, which are like on the side of their face, get really swollen and they start to weep. And then they constantly dribble urine down their legs and sometimes their penis will turn green. Whoa. (laughs) What? So, you thought puberty was bad, at least you're not an elephant. Uh, The must cycle is a signal for female elephants that the bulls are ready to to reproduce. Uh, And it's marked by elephant testosterone levels going up 
60 times higher than normal. Oh, uh, no. In one individual, they found it went up to 140 times higher than normal. <laughs> oh, no. And that makes them very aggressive. Um, elephant societies are matriarchal, and male African elephants leave their families when they're teenagers to wander independently or from family to family. But must actually ends up serving as a kind of structure for those males, with the timing and duration of must changing for the elephants according, according to their rank compared to other elephants around them. So a male elephant in must will typically fight with another male. And if they lose, <clears throat> they will go out of must. What? Yeah. So like, like the, deactivate. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a video game mechanic yeah. or something. So younger males, usually in their mid twenties, have a shorter must period that lasts from several days to several weeks. Because they get their ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> and older males can go on for months. The structure probably helps younger bulls sort of like handle the intensity of that testosterone spike and figure out how to like pick their battles. And if you would disturb that experience, that can have really big consequences. In the 1990s, there was a national park in South Africa that had too many elephants and one that they wanted to have more at. So the park rangers culled, like killed, a bunch of the older males and took the younger, smaller elephants to the new park. And the orphans grew up without the, the like, must hierarchy. And when they got to the new park, they grew up. And then they were there was like only teenagers and no one was there to regulate their must cycles. And they killed 49 white rhinos. Jesus. So instead of uh, going through only a few weeks at the age of 25, they were going through three to five months of must at the age of 18. And they were just going around picking fights? Yeah. Uh. And they were just like just freaking out, going wild, stomping on rhinos. And to deal with this, the park figured out what was going on and they brought in six older males that, that like up. outranked the orphans. Right. And that worked. And the younger bulls had a Jeez. much shorter must duration and they stopped killing rhinos. It's like the elephant police. <laughs> yeah, they need, they need daddies. Yeah, they're yeah. big elephant daddies. So, do... <laughs> bad phrase, bad phrase. Yeah. So do elephants think green penises crying and urination are all sexy? It's not crying. So there's... You can look up pictures of this. We'll it's put like one pus? up on scishowtangents.org. It's like... The, they, it's like glands on the side of their face get all red and swollen and it like... it it It's like weeps Ugh. constantly like this huh. oily stuff down the side of their face. But that's hot. I guess the ladies are like, well, he's ready to go. <laughs> he's really... He, hashtag <laughs> winning. <laughs> I don't know what the P does and like the green penis thing is weird because it doesn't always happen. So what, they just get so demoralized by a defeat that that's, what Yeah, that's the thing. Like, no one, nobody really knows. Like, it's weird that these, like, hormonal changes can be, can be so deeply affected by... I mean, it makes sense. Probably this exists in people as well. Like, our social situation probably also dictates our hormonal situation, but we don't mm-hmm. have good data on that. Mm-hmm. But it's very clearly the case in elephants. Damn, that's yeah. really cool. I lost fights, and I bet I, my hormones were in a different place the day afterward. <laughs> you know, fist fights in high school. One day your penis is green. You're punching Jason in the face, and he's hitting you back. And then his penis, normal, is normal green. colored <laughs> penis the next day. Just regular penis Just color. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's time for our panelists oh, here man. and Caitlin to choose. This is an uh, abomination. Well, <laughs> So, do you choose Sam's teen music choice makes them happy until they know what their peers are saying and then it makes them in pain? (laughs) Or elephant uh, must? I'm going to pick 
moody elephants because okay it's just so it's really cool it's very cool cool. i like the bully outrank the other bully Mm, yeah i don't know elephants are weird i didn't think they were this weird but all animals have their quirks (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna give it to sam I feel like that's more relatable to my teen experience. Mm -hmm. Caitlin's here for the tiebreaker. Hey, she's going with elephants. You still don't win. So what have you gained? (laughs) I won this part. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I am no longer in must. (laughs) Wow. I I just competed Sam out of must. (laughs) Now it's time for Ask the Science Couch, where we ask listener questions to our couch of finely honed scientific (laughs) minds over here. Mr. Nitrum asks, is the so-called extended adoption of a fake British accent a common occurrence among youth? Boo! (laughs) Is this some kind of personal attack? Who said this was okay? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. Did you have a fake British accent? Yeah. Oh, no. How long for? I don't know. Everyone, (laughs) people talk about it. I don't remember. I know it happened. I believe I accept that it was a thing that I did. I just wanted to be quirky, okay? Okay. I'm sure everybody did something stupid. I was really cool, so I didn't really do anything (laughs) weird. (laughs) I was not cool. Everything I did was bad, probably. (laughs) Did you, Sarah, did you take the time to look up an answer to this question? I did. Oh, my God. All right. (laughs) Okay, let's Uh, learn all about it. So, specifically, I looked into why teens are prone to lying. (laughs) It wasn't a lie. It was an affectation. Well, okay. So if you consider it an affectation, then there is research on like teen brain development and how this is a very important time for exploring identity. And mm-hmm. so like teens are more likely over psychological studies to take risks, to like do things, I don't know, breaking the law in little ways or right. I don't know. Got being rebel rebellious. Somehow. Being yeah. rebellious is lying to their parents Mm -hmm. and lying to each other and just like telling lies. So one study in 2015, a bunch of researchers just interviewed people who walked into a science center because that's apparently a good place where you can like get people walking in who will do a science experiment and be honest about themselves. (laughs) And they found that of the 1,005 people they interviewed, around 75% of teens lie with an average of nearly three lies a day. 75%? Oh, a day. Yeah. Holy I shit. mean, I feel like 100% sure. of people lie <laughs> in small ways. Like, there's got to mm-hmm. be. Oh, Even yeah. unintentionally. Oh, I've like, lied today. But in comparison, only 37% of very young children told lies, averaging mm. 1.7 a day. Oh. And then, like, old people was a similar. So, it, like, uh. the peak line is young adult, teen, and then you start hmm. telling the truth more. Statistically huh. speaking. Nice. It varies person by person. That adds up, yeah. I agree. So, um, this was just one of my lies. Is what you're saying. Yes. I think it would have to be. One I mean, of your lies. And what was You're lying to yourself, too. I didn't but... think anybody was going to think I was British. It just happened. You watch enough Monty Python and you start speaking in a British accent. Uh, okay. okay. So it could have been identity exploration or it could have been one of your lies, like just long term. <laughs> but what I thought was interesting is there's a lot of research into lying and there are different kinds of lies. And so in looking at teenagers, especially, and, and other groups, there are different kinds of lies. So like there's lying by omission, which uh-huh. is keeping people deliberately ignorant of stuff. So like, you didn't ask, so I didn't tell you. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's a very teen thing to do. Uh The other one is also a very teen thing to do. It's lying by commission, which is deliberately falsifying information or misleading people. So Mm. it's like, there wasn't going to be drinking at the party, but, you know, it was just a party. Mm -hmm. Then there's antisocial lying, which is lying to benefit yourself, like Mm. saying... 
uh, I finish my homework or I have I have money uh-huh. when you really don't. And then there's pro-social lying, which is like when you tell your high school partner that they're a really good kisser or something yeah. like that uh-huh. to make them feel good about themselves. Just to help other people out. Okay. That's, that was the lie I told today to my brother. I told him that he was a good kisser. You're a good kisser? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that particular lie. I just, you know, I wanted to make him feel better about a thing. And it wasn't a big deal. Okay. It was a pro-social lie, not about kissing. <laughs> so there are like these four different categories and people research lying within them. And so there was like one 2014 study that specifically researched social transmission of lies. So do you mm. lie in similar ways as your friend or family? What they found was that Antisocial commission lies. So benefiting yourself and deliberately misleading people. Mm-hmm seemed to be the ones that spread socially the most. Mm -hmm. And they weren't sure if that was just because like similar types of liars became friends, like Mm. similar people with moral standards, or just because once one person starts telling those kind of like, well, I didn't mean to, I don't know, like forget to feed your cat or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Not what teens lie about. (laughs) Okay. It's not the same lie that's like being transmitted. It's the method no. of lying. It's oh, a metric. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Huh. The method Interesting. Of lying that's is. weird. So I guess that was an answer for you. If you want to ask the Science <laughs> Couch, follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents, where we'll tweet out topics for upcoming episodes every week. Thank you to at Jack I'm Mello, at Julie Minors, and everybody else who tweeted us your questions this week. Final scores. Sari. You got one point. Sam, you got one point. Good job. You guys tied for last. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would have been there I with you. But I mean. instituted a new rule. So I have two points. Oh. So you don't get to brag. Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. even better. How many points does Stefan have? Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's extremely big teen energy on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> I got more points than you. If you like this show, you can help us out. It's very easy to do that. You can leave us a review wherever you listen. That helps us know what you like about the show. And we read them and they make us feel good, usually. <laughs> also, we're looking there for uh, topic ideas for future episodes. Second, you can tweet out your favorite moment from the show. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, just tell people about us. If you want to read more about any of today's topics, you can check out SciShowTangents.org for links to our sources and pictures of weeping elephant glands. Thanks for joining us. I have been Hank Green. I've been Sari Riley. I've been Stefan Chin. And I've been Sam Schultz. SciShow Tangents is a co-production of Complexly and the wonderful team at WNYC Studios. It's created by all of us and produced by Caitlin Hoffmeister and Sam Schultz, who also edits a lot of these episodes along with Hiroko Matsushima. Sam, did you see? It says it's created by all of us, which means that the rules are created by all of us. Oh, wow. Uh, then it further muddies what producer means. <laughs> our sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish. Our social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno. And special thanks this week to Valerie Barr. We couldn't make any of this without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you. And remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lighted. One more thing. Baby koalas drink their mother's milk for the first like five to seven months. And then when they're strong enough, they crawl out of the pouch and then start nuzzling the mom's anus. (laughs) (laughs) Plot twist. Okay. And the mom excretes a substance called pap, which is different than poop. 
And oh. it's, <laughs> it's, got a, it's got an A. It's, it's one a different vowel. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a gooey, watery jelly made from eucalyptus that the mother eats. And that becomes the koala's food source for like two-ish months when it's a teen. And ah. then it grows teeth and can eat leaves on its own. So it's like pre-digesting it for... It doesn't sound like yeah. it's a teen. It sounds uh. like it's not a not a embryo anymore. Yeah, probably that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically It's the middle part it's of its life. It's the middle phase, sure, sure, yeah. Sure. 